It's a movement, but it's about people. Be the People is about we the people joining forces to reclaim and reshape the best of our nation's time-treasured traditions. Each week, we offer insightful interviews with movers and shakers from all different spheres of life. And now, please welcome Dr. Carol Swain. Welcome to the Be The People show. Today, we are going to be talking about sex, Uh, sex involving children. In 2016, when Steve Fiesel and I published our book, Abduction, How Liberalism Steals Our Children's Hearts and Minds, we were very concerned about the sexualization of children. Uh, In particular, children that were in public and private schools where they were getting sex ed programs that were like how to do guides. And children were being encouraged to experiment. They also encouraged to keep secrets from their parents. Joining me today is a woman who heads an organization that is actually doing something for our children. Uh, This organization, Decisions, Choices, and Options Incorporated, uh, which was founded in Tennessee in 2002, it is uh, working in the high schools, letting young people know they have an option just because their school offers a how-to-do manual doesn't mean that they have to engage in sex. And we think about uh, abstinence. We're told that that doesn't make any sense, you know, that kids are going to have sex, so they need a how-to manual. Well, I don't think that's very biblical. In fact, it's not I don't think. It isn't. But it's very dangerous for all children, whether they are being raised in religious homes or not. We know that children engaging in sex, that the outcomes are not very good for the young people, and many of them are exploited by adults. And so adults are using our children in very dangerous ways. My guest today is Joy Wassell. She's the executive director and founder of DCO, and she's a former high school educator and she's bringing awareness to this whole situation. She's letting young people know that they have an option, that they can avoid sex, and regardless of what they're being taught in school, they can make a decision to say no. And her organization, Decisions, Choices, and Options, is one that we really need all across the country. And so, Joy, welcome to the Be The People Show. Thank you so much, Dr. Swain. I'm honored to be here. Looking forward to talking with you. So, Joy, uh, what were the circumstances that led you to start this organization, or was, or did it pre-exist you? I know you're the executive director. Did you start the organization? Yes, I did, and it's just interesting how it came about because, honestly, um, it was a an experience that happened to many people across the country. My best friend's daughter became pregnant as a 15-year-old. Uh, sophomore in high school back in 2002. And um, at that time, I was a stay-at-home mom. My son was only two years old. So I was taking a little break from teaching high school and to be a a stay-at-home mom. And when that happened, my friend who was working full-time in downtown Nashville asked me to sort of be a stand-in for her to take her daughter to the pregnancy center meetings and the doctor's meetings and appointments. And so I did. And what I observed 
during that process was shocking to me. Um, this young girl really wanted to do the right thing. She wanted to make the right decision. Um, and so she had pretty early in her pregnancy chosen adoption for this baby. She wasn't ready to be a mom at 15. She and the biological father of the child had broken up right before she found out she was pregnant. Um, he was in no way um, ready to be a father at 16. And so she wanted to do the right thing and choose a stable married mom and dad home for this child and had done so. Um, but what none of us knew all during that spring semester of her pregnancy was what she was hearing from her peers and even the adults in her life, um, some teachers and just um, the, the biological father's parents uh, threatening types of language of, you know, how could you give your child away? Why don't you want to keep your child? Why don't you love your child? You should just have an abortion and get rid of it. Then your problem's over. And so she was inundated every single day at a local high school in suburban Nashville um, by peers and adults who gave her flat out wrong information about the options facing her. And so this just burdened my heart. And after a while, I just realized that I had to do something. And I put my education hat back on, created a curriculum that I never intended to be statewide, much less regionally, and in many cases across the country. Um, so it just started with one local school in Sumner County, Tennessee. And uh, now we serve in middle school, high school. We have four uh, curricula, uh, curriculum areas that we teach to the students and we teach in public schools, private schools. We've got a new curriculum coming out for homeschool parents. Um, and then we also have a faith discipleship program that we're working with with a major uh, faith publisher, and that will come out sometime in 2021. So we're super excited about everything that has been uh, accomplished over the past almost 20 years, but also very frightened for where we are now as a country and what our children are being exposed to. Well, Joy, I want to go back to what you said about this young lady you're telling me that once she made a decision to place her child up for adoption, that she was barraged uh, with yes. adults attacking her for her decision? Yes, that's typical, Dr. Swain. That's very common. If you ever meet a birth mother, someone who has made the ultimate sacrificial decision to number one, choose life, and then number two, to choose an abundant life for her child, to give that child married parents, um, if you meet a birth mother, they will all tell you the very same thing happened to them. I would love to interview a, a birth mother at some point. And so these adults were pushing abortion rather than life on this young woman. Yes, correct. Correct. And what about the young woman's parents? Were they Christian? Was it a Christian family? Yes, it is a Christian home. And as a matter of fact, my friend and her husband had been asking all of us in our Sunday school class at church to pray that this relationship would end. They did not want their daughter involved with this young man. He was not in a good place um, and drug abuse was in his background. And so, you know, we had all been praying for this relationship to end, but unfortunately it ended too late and she was already pregnant. Okay, Jerry, we are going to uh, take a break uh, so we can hear from my sponsors because they're the ones that keep the program going. And when we return, I'd like to know more about what you're doing in the schools and, 
And then eventually we'll get to the point about how we can help you. Be the People is sponsored by Cooper Steel, a family-owned business that provides the steel fabrications for buildings across the Southeast. Sixty years ago, Kenneth and Faye Cooper founded the company in Chevyville, Tennessee, which started as a vision is now a nationally recognized company that remains true to its founders' Judeo-Christian values and principles. Cooper Steel is committed to excellence, responsibility, and community. Its motto is build strong, stand strong. It treats its employees and customers like family. Learn more at coopersteel.com. My fellow Americans, you've watched for decades as radical Marxists have systematically taken over some of our nation's most cherished institutions. WellAmericaOutloud.com is fighting back with one of the fastest growing conservative media networks in the world, featuring some of the nation's most influential experts and commentators. Join us, we're in this together, and we consider you part of our family in our crusade to share the news, commentary, and agenda that can lead America back again. It is a fight for the soul of humanity. America Out Loud Talk Radio is the voice of liberty and justice for all. We're back with our guest, uh, Joy Wassel. She's the executive director and founder of DCO. First of all, thank you for what you're doing for our young people. And I'd like to give you an opportunity to uh, tell us how did you get it into the schools? Because you had this in some public schools. How did that happen? Well, you know, it's very interesting because I simply called my former high school principal that I worked under when I taught high school and shared with him the story that I just shared with you and said, you know, if this is happening at one high school in our county, I suspect that it's happening elsewhere. So could I possibly come in with this program that I've developed and talk to the students about the impact of their sexual decision-making process and what the true consequences are when they choose to be sexually active prior to marriage? And he said, sure, come on in. And so I did in the fall of 2002. And then from there, it was just almost like a roller coaster ride. Um, we were taken from school to school by the classroom teachers, sharing with their friends who taught in other schools, maybe even in different counties. I certainly did no marketing for this program at all. Um, never envisioned what would happen. But the classroom teacher is on the front line. They see, and many of them would tell me over the years and have told me over the years, they see the fallout in the life of both a, a young woman and a young man. And I knew this when I was teaching. We always knew when kids were sexually active. Their behavior changes, um, their interest in things that they've formerly been involved with, whether sports or drama or art, um, it changes and their body language changes. And you just knew as a high school teacher when the relationship had gone too far, you could tell it in their body language. And so the teachers would mm -hmm. share with me that what happens is that the relationship doesn't make it. 
it doesn't make it. And then the emotional, and then when pregnancy happens, the physical and the relational, and then the economic, because most girls, only 2% of girls who become pregnant as teenagers have a college degree. I know that we tell a lot of young black youth that if they want to get out of poverty, that they should not have a child before they're married, they should finish school, they should get a job. And it seems to me that your decisions and options, all of this, you know, people don't think in terms of that, but they are making decisions that's going to have these lasting impacts. And I wonder, does it deal with those areas? Because if you're in an affluent family and you're sexually active and you become pregnant, uh, you are affecting yourself mentally and psychologically and you're changing your life forever. But for some kids, you know, it means poverty. Absolutely. That what you're talking about, Dr. Swain, is known as the success sequence by the Brookings Institute. And it says that if you do the following three things in order, graduate high school, and once your education is completed, whether it's high school, vocational school, or college, once it's completed, you have a full-time job. And then after getting a full-time job, you're married and then have children in that order. You have a less than 3% chance of living in poverty if you're uh, Caucasian and a less than 9% chance of living in poverty if you're African-American. And so that success sequence is where all of our programs begin and it's woven throughout our materials in middle school and, and all three of our high school programs and it ends there. It comes back to the message of, you know, back in the, back in the day when DCO first started, we called it abstinence education. Now it's yeah. known as sexual risk avoidance education which is really um, a long word for explaining primary health prevention. It's called optimal health. We don't want to teach our children as Planned Parenthood and those on the comprehensive sex ed side do that you can reduce the risk and mitigate risks. Um, we want to teach them that you can avoid the risk altogether. And they, okay. do, they do get it. They do understand that. And Planned Parenthood and the public schools are not trying to reduce the risk. They're telling kids it's safe to engage in sex, it's healthy, it's natural. And so their message would be very different from your message. And I would also like to say that it has, your organization has the perfect uh, name, you know, decisions, choices, and options, because that's non-threatening. Uh, and it is giving the kids an option that they're not going to get in sex ed. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I have learned over the years, um, I have a quote here by the late Alan Guttmacher, who was a Planned Parenthood president back in the early days. And he was asked how the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade abortion decision could be made absolutely secure forever. And he said two words, sex education. And so Planned Parenthood is the largest provider of comprehensive sex education in the country. And, um, you know, back in 2012 here in Nashville, there was um, a meeting um, by some groups that were promoting the comprehensive sex ed agenda in the Nashville schools. And they were giving out brochures that said what children need to know. And basically at age five, children are supposed to know that it's normal to touch one's sex organs for pleasure, that to seek privacy when they touch their sex organs. 
and how a baby gets in and gets out. That's by age five, and it goes up from there. And, you know, I was participating in a um, webinar with Heritage Foundation a few weeks ago, and the, the goal now, as you said earlier in this introduction, is to take control of sex ed, not only out of the hands of the parents, but to take it out of the hands of the local educational authority, which is the local school board in the local community. And we're getting pushes all across the country by these organizations, um, and you know them as SECUS, which used to stand for Sexuality Information Education Council of the U.S. It now stands for Sex Ed for Social Change. They changed their name, and boy, are we and seeing that. And it's all about the LGBT agenda. Yes, it is absolutely all about that. And Planned Parenthood has been pushing these national sex ed standards, and they're very vague. They're not clear at all. And we're seeing across the country, and you mentioned California, um, the two coastlines have pretty much adopted, and they're calling it really nice names like the Healthy Youth and Child Act. It is nothing healthy. It is nothing good for youth. And it is absolutely the most liberal indoctrination of our children that I have ever seen. And it promotes the gender fluid spectrum to kindergarten students. Let's talk about California because a couple of years ago, they decriminalized prostitution for kids under the age of 18, which meant that if the police officer apprehended someone, they could not put that young woman in jail or remove her from the streets if she didn't want to cooperate. And so it was really a, a way that if you were a pimp, uh, you would want to have a child prostitute because uh, they, it was harder to protect them. And there's a, another law that California recently uh, approved that makes it easier for pedophiles to engage in sexual relationships with children. And um, supposedly they're saying, well, they're only giving homosexuals the same rights that heterosexuals have, but it is sexual exploitation of our children. And they do need to know that they have choices because the school systems are pushing an agenda that really makes the kids ripe for exploitation by adults. You know, if you dig deep into the theories that launched comprehensive sex ed, they all come from Alfred Kinsey. And I know that you're aware of Alfred Kinsey and his work, um, his exploitation of infants to ascertain um, his belief that sex begins at birth and sexuality begins at birth and then the gender uh, spectrum. Um, and so if you dig deep into that, it really is a grooming mechanism for pedophilia. Right, and, and that's the end Yes, 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 it is. Sex ed is a grooming toward pedophilia. And you may be aware of this, but uh, some years ago, it must have been more than 20 years ago that the people that had a vision, you know, for decriminalizing sex between adults and children, they called it intergenerational intimacy. So they always have a nice name for what they're doing, but it really is exploiting our children. If you think about abortion, abortion kills unborn babies and infanticide, which some people are pushing, it kills babies after they're born. But uh, all of this um, shows a devaluation of children and young people and life and children are seen as objects 
for adult gratification. That's absolutely right. And that's what I said earlier about I'm, I'm terrified for where we are currently in our country because the people who do what I do, who teach sexual risk avoidance education programs and primary prevention education programs, we're small, usually local organizations, very underfunded, and we're going up against the giants of Planned Parenthood and the organizations that one of the organizations that's been working in uh, Middle Tennessee and beyond is a group called the Trevor Project. And then here in Tennessee, we have Healthy and Free Tennessee that are supported by the ACLU, Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, um, Human Rights Campaign. So we're going up against these billion dollar funded organization with most of us having under $500,000 in revenue many having fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in revenue small organizations and you know it's one thing to um, go into the public schools and teach in alignment with state curriculum standards so we're also working to keep the state standards in each of the states where abstinence education and sra education are operating we're working to keep the state standards in alignment with the truth that children can be taught to self-regulate I mean, those are skills that they have to know to graduate and go on to a productive career and a healthy relationship. They have to be able to regulate their emotions and not operate on feelings. They have to be able to delay gratification. And comprehensive sex ed teaches them the exact opposite of that. But I mean, everything that the progressive left is pushing today is destructive for our young people. And we could talk about, um, you know, how the race the, what is being taught in that area because mm -hmm. uh, when you talk about the whiteness and the white privilege uh, they have um, identified as whiteness uh, a belief in hard work uh, being getting places on time uh, believing in God speaking standard English you go down the list of things that make for success and they're calling that whiteness and that's negative and all of this goes back to the progressive agenda which is very much tied to Marxism, which is, you know, the end goal is communism. All of this is coming from the same place. And unfortunately, the progressives have taken over the Democratic Party. And so they're pushing this agenda. And a lot of people who know better, who are conservatives, you know, who um, uh, share Judeo-Christian values, they have been silenced. They're afraid someone will laugh at them or whatever, but they're not doing what they should be doing to protect us and protect our children and our nation. I had a meeting on Thursday with a high-level official um, in Tennessee who is involved with the community of faith, and my challenge was to share the urgent nature if we do not engage in this battle for our children, because right now, According to Barna, only 4% of Generation Z, which is the children born between 1998, current, the current generation of youth. My son was born in 99, so he's at the top end of Gen Z. Only 4% of that generation have a biblical worldview. I, I mean, we have complete, we're completely losing a generation of youth. And, you know, it's not odd, I wouldn't think, that this is the generation that has the highest mental health issues and the suicide rate among this generation of youth 
according to the CDC, doubled from 2007 to 2014. Well, I mean, just think about the messages that we have been sending the children through um, the universities and now into the public and private schools that um, we're telling children that gender is fluid, that you may not be a boy or you may not be a girl, you know, that you have to decide. You can decide whether you are male or female. So science, even though the progressive left talks all the time about science, when it's convenient, they throw science out the window. Can you imagine how confusing that is to young people? Plus, um, any notion of God and being created in the image of God and those Judeo-Christian values, all of that is being eroded. And it's public and private schools. It's Christian and secular schools. And our churches have failed our young people. And so you can raise a child, you know, in a Baptist church and send them to um, vacation Bible school. And they go through that little uh, Sunday school classes every Sunday. And that's not a match for what they're getting in the public schools and what they're going to get on that college campus. That's why we're losing our children is that we don't know how to disciple them. The world is doing a much better job of discipling our children than we are. You just hit the nail on the head. That is absolutely what's happening. And these giant organizations like Planned Parenthood with all of the financial resources to develop uh, innovative ways to reach kids, they have apps dropping into their phones, into their games. Right. And so they, they are able to get them pretty much 24-7 with their materials. And that's what we're seeing is that we are not just a day late and a dollar short to this battle. We're a century behind. We're literally years behind. And George, before we started this interview, you mentioned that you had a quote you wanted to read. I'd like for you to read that quote and expand on it. Absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that has always surprised me is how people, even my friends and people that have known me the whole 20 years I've been involved with this organization, um, don't understand how dark and uh, dangerous the comprehensive sex ed movement is. And any, sometimes parents will say, well, you know, I wasn't abstinent as a high school student or a middle school student even. So how can I hold that standard up um, to my child? And they kind of tend to equate high school with what it looked like for them 20, 30, maybe even 40 years ago. And what they don't understand is what you quote from your book, um, Abduction, How Liberalism Steals Our Children's Hearts and Minds, um, is just the danger of what's coming at our children. And when you look at what SECUS has, the four levels of age groupings um, that I mentioned earlier, you know, this comes straight from your book. It talks about how boys and girls both have body parts that feel good when they're touched. And the description of vaginal intercourse and that some people are homosexual, which means they're attracted to uh, people of the same gender. And that, um, touching and rubbing one's own genitals feels good. And all of this is for ages five through eight. And then it goes up from there to nine through 12. And it's just unbelievable. But when you mentioned that um, they're also teaching about race under the Sex Ed for Social Change, formerly known as SECUS, their issues under social sex ed, what does that mean? It says it means reproductive justice. That's a, as we know, a buzzword for abortion. Right. They're promoting abortion to our children. 
LGBTQ equality, sexual violence prevention, we would all be for that. Sexual violence prevention should be a good thing. Gender equity, and then the last bullet point is dismantling white supremacy. So that's all under sex ed. And this progressivism, uh, the political left, they define white supremacy now, not as the white people who thought they were superior to other races, but every white person born with into the, that category are considered a white supremacist. And so we're dealing with people that have changed the meaning of language. There is nothing about um, human beings created in God's image or our responsibility to love and respect each other or about um, males and females, you know, uniting a, as one. Uh, that, none of that stuff uh, is a part of what our children are exposed to in the public or, or many of the private schools that um, say that they're Christian schools. The left controls everything. Well, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because I attended a meeting here in Tennessee of the private schools across the state back in December, and they were all taught at that um, professional development experience how to teach comprehensive sex ed in their schools. And many of those schools in that room were private Christian schools. So be on the lookout for it. Here's what I would end with, um, a positive note. Um, here's what the kids tell us. We ask them, we do a pre and a post test. Before we go in and teach our programs, we do a pre-test to see where they are on, hot, on the issues. And then we do a post test. And on the back of the instrument, there's a place where they can answer freehand some of the questions, about three questions. And what they always tell us is, I had no idea that sex was such a huge impact on my future. They'll tell us also that they had no idea that abortion looked like it did. They'll tell us they had no idea that adoption looks like it does. And then many, many, many of them, the vast majority of them at the bottom will say, thank you for coming to our school. So they want to hear this information and they hear the truth. They believe it. And for parents out there, here's what you need to do. You need to call your school board and ask them, can you come and see the sex ed materials that are being taught to your children? Joy, we're going to take one last break. And when we return, I'd like for you to tell our listeners how they can uh, help you. What if there was a book that took the mystery out of prayer, one that made it easier for people to pray God's Word with miraculous results? There is such a book, Joy Lamb's The Sword of the Spirit, The Word of God is a handbook that has changed the lives of thousands of people around the world. You can order your life-changing copy from Joy Lamb's website, thesoardofthespiritbook.com. Order Joy's book and listen to her audio prayers while you're there. I'm back with Joy Wassel, and we have had a very engaging, lively conversation that you can uh, review on the podcast if you're listening to it on the radio. So, Joy, tell our listeners how they can find you and if they want to support you or have a program like yours. You can find us at dcoinc.org. That's our website. Again, it's dcoinc.org. And you can make a secure online donation. As I mentioned earlier, we are David versus Goliath on a daily basis. We have very small resources. We have very dedicated staff that are 
far underpaid even from that of a public school teacher. So we covet your prayers over the ministry, but we also would invite you to invest and join with us and be a part of our team of taking truth into the schools. And if you want to know how you can uh, get involved with us, go to that website, you can donate, or you can also send us an email and I'll respond to that with information if you need information about sex ed standards or organizations that are doing other great work, I'll be happy to connect you with anyone on either side of this issue so you can know who the um, negative players are and who the good guys are. Jory, thank you so much for your time. And you are out there being the people. And so this show is about action. The we the people standing up to be the people who change our nation and our world. So thank you. <laughs>